on today's episode of Farewell to Apollo Creed, how sales perk up a bit, and the Senate solution for the southern border. This is Next with Lex. Let's get it. Welcome, 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 everyone, to episode 16 of Next with Lex. I'm your host, Lex Luthor, and I read the news so you don't have to. It is Monday, February 5th, and we have a lot to go over, including the unfortunate sad news of the passing over the weekend of actor, American icon, legend Carl Weathers. Passed away peacefully, according to his family, during his sleep, or in his sleep, I should say. Born in New Orleans, Louisiana, Weathers signed with the Oakland Raiders in the NFL as an undrafted free agent in 1970. So professional football player, he played for the Oakland Raiders, started seven games for them, helped him win a AFC championship, played for the legendary John Madden. Then the next year, he was a linebacker, he switched over a strong safety and in 1971 he only played one game and was cut from the team john madden called him quote too sensitive to play football carl weathers too sensitive you imagine you watch rocky you would never imagine carl weathers would be too sensitive to play football so after he got cut from football he started acting he was an extra in shows such as good times and start Ski and hutch in 1976 he landed his iconic role alongside sylvester stallone in rocky apollo creed meets the italian stallion <laughs> Sounds like a damn monster movie. Weathers goes on to star in not only Rocky, but then Rocky 2, II, Rocky 3, and Rocky 4. So he was Apollo Creed was an integral part. You have the movies later on with that are called Creed that are based on Apollo Creed's son, Adonis Creed. So the whole legend of Apollo Creed has spanned cinema for the past 40 years. Really, really, really cool that he was able to, to do that and give us many iconic moments like we get the Eye of the Tiger, right? Remember the song Eye of the Tiger? And he talked about Rocky having the Eye of the Tiger. You didn't look hungry. Now, when we fought, you had that eye of the tiger, man, the edge. And now you've got to get it back. And the way to get it back is to go back to the beginning. You know what I mean? One of the best things in my memories, at least, of Apollo Creed and Carl Weathers was the legendary training montage scene out of Rocky Three, where they're on the beach. And, you know, Rocky's like trying to like get his groove back. He's trying to find the eye of the tiger. And this is where that whole thing comes from. And he's got that beach montage. Scene. They're running down the beach and they're dancing and they're, they're hugging each other and everything. In my opinion, that is by far the best scene in any of the movies. Rocky finds the eye of the tiger, right? He starts training really hard. It has one of the most iconic, like, Quad movie shots of all time. They should have made the movie like Quadzilla. That's what they should have renamed it. Just completely Quadzilla. After the Rocky movies, Carl Weathers went on to play Colonel Al Dillon alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie Predator. Although he died in the movie, Weathers and Schwarzenegger are most notably known for the handshake that ended racism back in 1987. Dillon! You son of a bitch. What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? Huh? And although he was an action star, he also had a funny side to him. Carl Weathers in 1996 starred alongside Adam Sandler in the comedy Happy Gilmore, where he played an old golf pro. Idea who I am, dude. No, I don't. Back in 1965, Sports Illustrated said I was going to be the next Arnold Palmer. Yeah, what happened? wouldn't let me play on the pro tour anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Because you're black? Hell no. Damn alligator bit my hand off. Oh, my God! Yeah. 
Brothers played Chubbs, a washed up golf pro that lost his hand in a freak alligator accident who teaches Adam Sandler's character how to golf and putt and later on tragically dies in that movie too. Brothers also had roles in The Mandalorian starring in all three seasons of The Mandalorian and he also had his comedic stint in Arrested Development. His most famous Arrested Development scene is where he is hired to be an acting coach and he talks about his stews. Do you see me more as the respected dramatic actor or more of the beloved comic actor? Whoa, 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 whoa. still plenty meat on that bone. Now you take this home, throw it in a pot, add some broth, a potato, baby, you got a stew going. For those listening and can't watch the videos of the little clips that I'm playing, that bone that he's talking about, the guy's about to throw away a bone, like a steak bone, and Carl Weathers gets it off his plate, right? He's about to throw it away, and it's got it's bone dry. There's nothing left on it. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He <laughs> can make a stew. Just showing like how frugal and cheap he is. It's really, really funny. So Carl Weathers, thank you so much for many childhood iconic moments. I know my wife hasn't seen the Rocky movies yet. We already plan to sit down and watch them. As Sylvester Stallone said in his farewell tribute on YouTube, keep punching Apollo. He's hooking! He's hooking! Damn, Rod, come on! What's the matter with you? Tomorrow. Let's do it tomorrow. There is no tomorrow! There is no tomorrow! Some positive news in the real estate market as people are starting to buy again. Article according to the Wall Street Journal shows that real estate showings for the past week in January were up 10% from the first week. And that's according to Showing Time, an app that controls real estate showings. It's a very accurate app. It's pretty much what all real estate agents use. I know because I am one. They use this app to schedule showings. So any showings that they have, so that any realtor is going to show for the most part is going to go through this app. So pretty accurate information. Buyers are seizing on the recent reversal in mortgage rates, which hit a 23-year high of 7.6%. 7.9% in October. The average rate on a 30-year fixed mortgage has fluctuated between 6.6 and 6.7% this year and was at 6.63% last week. Inventory of homes for sale remains historically low. Many home buyers either bought homes or refinanced their mortgages when, when mortgage rates fell to new lows in recent years. And now they are reluctant to give up those low rates by selling their homes and buying different ones. My wife and I are in this very situation. If we ever wanted to move out of our house, we're sitting at like a 3% mortgage. That would be insane. If we were to buy our the same house now, the rates that there are now, we would probably owe an extra thousand plus dollars on our mortgage. And that makes it very, very difficult to walk away from your mortgage. So people that refinance are like, well, what am I going to do? So, yeah, I could sell my house now for a good price, but where am I going to buy and what am I going to buy? Although active listings in January have risen 8% from the same month a year earlier, they were still nearly 40% below pre-pandemic levels. 40% below pre-pandemic. So remember that hot market? Everyone was selling everything because they were getting good money and then they were able to buy something cheap too. Now that's gone. It's been gone. Newly built homes, however, made up for one third of single family homes for sale in December, up from a historical norm of around 10% of new builds to 20%. So now that there's not a lot of inventory there, builders are now taking advantage of it and more people are building their own houses because because, like, well, I can go buy this house for $500,000 or I can build a house for $500,000 and have everything brand new. So they're going now. It takes a lot more, a lot more risk involved with that. It takes time and effort because you have to wait for a house to get built. But new homes, new home builds are up. While existing home sales slumped last year, sales of newly built homes rose 4.2% to 668,000. So 668,000 people bought new homes last year. Now, this is a big story that we've talked about. We've touched upon it multiple times. Talked about it, I think, like one of the first couple episodes when it was going on with the border and the migrant crisis. We always hear that. We've heard it forever, right? We always heard the Republicans say, hey, Democrats don't do enough on the border. We heard Democrats pointing at Republicans, oh, they're too harsh on the border. And now we've got everyone coming together and saying border's a problem. And it's a big problem. U.S. Senators have unveiled a long-awaited cross-party deal that aims to combat illegal immigration at the U.S.-Mexico border and in return grant aid to Ukraine 
campaign in Israel. See, we talked about this in previous episode. Lawmakers previously, the Democratic lawmakers wanted to pass individual measures and fundings to fund the war in Ukraine and fund Israel for their war against Hamas. Republicans said, no, 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 no. We've given you enough money for these things. We'll give you more money if you're able to give us money to protect the border. And so they've been working on this big, big spending package that's going to include funding for the southern border, funding for Ukraine, and funding for Israel. So the bill would introduce much more severe measures to try to stem cross-border crossings, which are currently at record levels. We've talked about this. There's roughly 10,000 illegal immigrants entering the country through our southern border per day. 10,000. Yo, love getting that. I live stream the show, so sometimes we get that in the <laughs> We get some John Cena music in the middle, which is awesome. So thank you for the follow. Appreciate you. So right now, roughly 10,000 illegal immigrants enter our southern border per day. If we take 10,000 immigrants per day, we multiply that by 365 days in a year, that comes out to roughly 3.65 million illegal immigrants are entering through our southern border per year. That is a shit ton. Again, put a caveat, put an emphasis on that. These are not all bad people. The media tries to throw out the fact that, oh, there's all these criminals and everything coming over. That's not the case. These are mostly people looking for a better life, just like our ancestors did when they came over, you know, from Ireland or Poland or to escape oppression, wherever they were come from. They're trying to leave for situations to make a better life for themselves and their families. I mean, we're talking about people coming over with their kids and stuff like that. These are school teachers. These are firefighters. These are police officers. Now, are there a few people bad hombres that are bad hombres? Absolutely. That's why we need to have some checks and balances on this. Let the people in that really deserve to come in and keep the bad hombres out. Including this $120 billion funding deal is $60 billion to support Ukraine. Again, we kind of discussed how this money works to support Ukraine. A lot of it, now I'm going to give a very 50,000 foot view over this. A lot of that money is being used. There's a lot of logistical stuff that goes into that. So you have to pay like overseas salaries. You have to pay people. But the biggest thing that we do is we take our old stockpile of munitions. So let's say it's $60 billion, maybe like 20 billion of this will go towards American companies because we're taking our old stockpiles. We'll give them to Ukraine here. You can use our stuff from the 80s, the 90s, and early aughts. You can use that stuff against Russia. And then at home, we're going to build new smart munitions. We're going to build all new bombs, all new munitions, all new everything. So we're replenishing our supplies. We're getting rid of the old, replenishing it with the new. So that's a lot where this money, a lot of people think, oh, we're just like writing a check and giving it to Ukraine and they spend it however they want. That's not how this works. We are literally funding our own war machine in the military industrial complex through this war. So the bill includes $60 billion to support Ukraine in fight against Russia and $14 billion in security assistance for Israel. Israel. If passed into law, it would be the biggest immigration overhaul since the Reagan administration in the mid-1980s. Among the most significant changes in the deal is a new federal authority that mandates a complete shutdown of the border when migrant crossings pass a threshold of 5,000 in a week. This means the president would now have the authority to shut down the border as they see fit. You shall not pass! In practice, this would mean that migrants who arrive in the U.S. illegally would no longer be allowed to stay and request asylum and would be deported immediately thereafter. Other reforms included in this deal are fast-track decisions on asylum cases, limits on humanitarian aid, expanded authority to remove migrants from the U.S., stricter consequences for illegal crossings, and even $650 million to build or reinforce miles of border wall. 
So look at that. Biden said he would sign this immediately, put it on his desk. He's like, I have the ability to shut down the border. I will shut down the border. As soon as you sign this bill, I will shut down the border. Or it's going to be voted on the Senate. Once it's voted on the Senate, which is democratically run, which is most likely going to pass, it's then going to move on to the Republican-controlled House. The House already said, mostly, that it's not strict enough and they're going to veto it. Now, it's plenty strict and it literally includes everything that Republicans have always wanted in a bill. However, Donald Trump does not want Republicans to sign this bill because then it would give Biden a win. Biden is the weakest when it comes to immigration. So if they were able to sign this bill into law, he shuts down the border, the economy's good, we're showing strength militarily, and then he takes care of the southern border. Doesn't make a really good time for Donald Trump to be sitting across the aisle during a campaign and say, I mean, if you're Trump, you can't say the economy's bad because it's not. You can't say the border's bad because then it'd be fixed, right? The only thing he can really go is this wall, build the wall, build the wall. Well, it looks like even Biden wants to build the wall. Today in history, Colin Powell gave his famous speech to the UN in which he justified war against Iraq. It was the final warning before we invaded Iraq. It was a famous speech in which he used the phrase weapons of mass destruction 17 times. Let's have a listen. Indeed, the facts and Iraq's behavior show that Saddam Hussein and his regime are concealing their efforts to produce more weapons of mass destruction. None of this should come as a surprise to any of us. Terrorism has been a tool used by Saddam for decades. Saddam was a supporter of terrorism long before these terrorist networks had a name. And this support continues. The nexus of poisons and terror is new. The nexus of Iraq and terror is old. The combination is lethal. With this track record, Iraqi denials of supporting terrorism take their place alongside the other Iraqi denials of weapons of mass destruction. It is all a web of lies. Wow, he was right. It was all weaponized, wasn't it? <laughs> Turns out we did not find any weapons of mass destruction at all in Iraq. Yikes. But we know it. we went in there anyway. Fuck yeah! That's what we do. So we stayed there for a long, long time in the war in Iraq, which we said and we were convinced that there was weapons of mass destruction or for short WMDs. We'd love to say that. WMDs. They got WMDs. $728 billion. So much the Defense Department estimates the U.S. spent directly on the war in Iraq from 2003 to 2012, $728 billion. Put that in perspective, our current deficit in the United States is $509 billion. Think about that. Balance sheet would be equal if we never had that war. $1.6 trillion is the estimated amount spent combined on all the wars we had in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria from 2001 to 2021. It's a lot of money. 4,492 is the number of U.S. service members killed in Iraq. 32,000. 292 is the number of U.S. service members wounded in Iraq, and approximately 200,000 Iraqi civilians were killed in the war, all for WMDs that didn't exist. Questions? Hit me up on Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, and Kick at Lex Luthor. You can also find me on Facebook at Next With Lex. And you can email me at nextwithlexshow at gmail.com. That's nextwithlexshow at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow your boy Lex Luthor for news five days a week. Deuces.